Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my guy, Bob Huggins. I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. So this is episode number 11, uh, getting towards the end of the season. A lot to talk about. And I, I had to get in here today because got to talk about the USF game, got to talk about Temple, got to talk about the American Championship coming up. Um, can this team go dancing? But before we get to all that, I want to talk about uh, a couple things, um, topics of the day. Uh, but first, my social media. You can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat. I'm not on TikTok. Even though I saw Coach Fickle doing a TikTok video, I'm still not on TikTok. I don't know if that ever happened. We'll see. I said I would never get on Snapchat, but then I ended up on, on Snapchat. So never say never with social media. Um, let's talk about a couple uh, topics of the day. I want to first talk about Coach Brandon. Uh, coach John Brandon, head basketball coach for um, the Cincinnati Bearcats. What a, what a tough time he's dealing with right now with the death of his father. Uh, gosh, so much to unpack with that. Um, listen, his father was was sick. Um, I think most people that went to the games or watched on TV and you saw Coach Brandon's father sitting behind the bench, you could tell um, health-wise he was declining. Um, there were a lot of issues there. I, I don't think, you know, from a family standpoint that they thought it would happen this quickly or this suddenly. Um, I think maybe they thought it would be a slow progression. Um, but, listen, there's no there's no good time for for death and to happen at the end of this of a season and a season that's been trying for John Brandon and this basketball team and, and Bearcat fans and trying to win some basketball games for the NCAA tournament you know to, to have that happen at that time is, is very tough and college basketball is a long season it's a grind it's very emotional. And, and my producer, Stu, and I were talking before we started this podcast. We were talking about high school basketball, and he coaches at Walnut Hills High School. And he was talking about how long a high school basketball season is from the start to the finish. Um, and, Stu, you were saying starts around November, and the championship game is March 21st. That's a long season. And just imagine at the college basketball le level how intense it is I mean, you're going to battle every night, almost 30 games in college basketball. That's, that's an emotional grind. And so for Coach Brannon to have to deal with that at that time is, is very tough. And, you, you know, you, you've, you've got to salute and tip your hat to Coach Brannon for saying, you know what, um, I'm, I'm going to stay with this team. I'm going to travel to Houston, coach the game at Houston, Coached the game at USF, a quick turnaround, a Sunday to Tuesday game, um, and and pretty much not be with his family until after the USF game. Uh, that's very very tough on a person. And if you know Coach Brandon, you know how close he is to his to his father. Um, and and just like with Mick Cronin, when Mick Cronin was the head basketball coach, um, his father Hep, legendary um, coach. I mean, they were very close. Hep was at every 
practice, sitting behind the bench. So there was that close relationship there as well. So I'm sure someone like a Mick Cronin and other coaches whose fathers are very close to them just know how important, you know, having that dad at the game. And uh, for Coach Brandon to basically, you know, play this game here March 7th, Saturday versus Temple, and look back and not see his father in that seat is going to be probably very emotional. And then the funeral being the next day on Sunday, um, it's very tough. And I, I'll just share this with Bearcat fans. Um, Coach Brandon and I shared some text messages after his father's death. And, you know, I just said, hey, Bearcat Nation, and we're very happy to have you um, as our coach. Um, we're behind you. If you need anything, you know, you have the support. And, and listen, Bearcat fans, um, and I know this firsthand, Bearcat fans are great. Um, just the, the Cincinnati people putting their arms around uh, when tragedy happens or things like this happen. Just Cincinnati's so good with putting their arms around people. Um, my father um, had heart failure uh, last Tuesday. And it was very tough for me to get out uh, information to family and friends uh, what my dad was going through at the time. So I was tweeting out and I was using Facebook as a way to let everybody know instead of texting, calling. And it just was it was just too tough for, you know, my schedule. And I'm telling you, man, just the Bearcat fans on social media, Twitter and Facebook that were reaching out and, hey, if you need anything. I mean, it was, it, people I didn't know, but but. You know, they felt like they were part of the family just, just because of my time at UC, relationship on Twitter. It's just amazing community. And so I just want to let Coach Brandon know this is an amazing amazing community, not only, you know, the greater Cincinnati area, but, um, you know, Bearcat Nation. And, you know, we have your back. And he, he sent a text back, you know, I really appreciate all your support, you know, during this tough time and just with the basketball program. And we had a great text message exchange. And. Um, which will lead me in a second to talk about uh, my time at practice. I went down to practice today um, to watch the team. I'll talk about that here in a little bit. So um, for, for Bearcat fans that are out there, and you know, I know some were frustrated with the Houston game and frustrated with the start with USF um, that first half. And shoot, we were down 13 with 13 minutes to go in the game at USF. Um, but just just know, I mean, just how emotional this game was for, for Coach Brandon and him being the leader of this ball club. Um, I mean, that's, that's got to be tough and be away from your family when your, your father's, you know, has passed away. So salute to Coach Brandon um, for, for toughing that out um, and being with uh, this basketball team when he really did not have to be. So uh, salute to him. Um, so, oh, also I want to say too, um, quickly before we, I know that was like a, a, a sad note there. I want to kind of cheer things up a little bit. Um, a lot of people recently have, uh, asked about, uh, the book I wrote called Walk of a Lifetime, which was released in 2000, August of 2000. And, um, my, my, my book is a story about my journey through the game of basketball um, leading to the Cincinnati Bearcats. And I talk a lot about, you know, what I went through as a basketball player, overcoming obstacles, challenges, and my time with the Cincinnati Bearcats and, and stories about the Bearcats. And 
Uh, recently, I've had some people reach out and want to get copies of the book. So I've made the book uh, available again. Um, and uh, we're going to have, uh, gosh, I think it's 90 copies um, that are available and left um, that I'll put up for sale. They're $9.99. Um, you can go to shiningstarsports.org and you can go to the team store and find my book, Walk of a Lifetime. It's a, it's a great read for, I think, young athletes. Because as young athletes, you go through a lot of stuff. Uh, you go through ups and downs. It's just part of sport. Um, and it's good for them to read. Um, Bearcat fans, you get to hear a lot of great stories behind the scenes with Huggins, Kenyon Martin, uh, Ruben Patterson, Melvin Levitt, Steve Logan. Just great stories. Um, I actually gave the book to Mamadou um for the Bearcats um as a book that I thought would be great for him you know him not being from this country you know just the kind of the learning curve Mamadou's been going through I gave his book to him about a year ago and uh, he really loved the book so um that's available on shiningstarsports.org all right so let's let's kind of get cheered up here a little bit and and talk about the Bearcats and here's what I want to do on this episode I want to talk about uh, the USF game and leading into the Temple game and how important that Temple game is. Um, I, I really don't want to focus in on the Houston game. And I've last podcast, I did not talk about the Houston game. I did talk about what I think we need to do to win that game. Obviously, we lost um, 55 to 68. Uh, tough loss. Uh, I think emotional game. Um, but my my concern was the turnaround, the quick turnaround, playing Sunday at 1 o'clock, the travels from Houston to Florida, getting settled, playing a Tuesday at 7 p.m. game. And you, you just know how – those games are always tough. So looking at the South Florida game, you know, you're playing in front of, gosh, maybe, maybe 3,000 people um, in, in Tampa, not, not a huge crowd. Um, so there's not going to be a ton of energy there. You're coming off an emotional loss. Brandon's going through what he's going through. And then to come and find out, I look on Twitter and I find out Jaron Cumberland's not playing. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, is it me or is it every game this team has had some sort of adversity to fight through? Now, some adversity is self-inflicted. Others, you just can't control. Injury, uh, the death of Coach Brandon's father, a lot of different things. It's just like this season has just been such a roller coaster of a ride. Um, I mean, it, it, and it's to me, it is truly amazing in a lot of ways that this team is 19 and 10 at this point. Um, listen, I'm a little closer to the program. Um, than, than most people. So I know a little bit more um, than what's out just on the surface, maybe what's out on Twitter, what's what the media puts out. And this team has internally dealt with a lot of different um, things. If you look at um, some of the players that have left the program, um, not only before the season started, during the season, the injury. I mean, just so many, so many things. And I, I go on and on about all those. And, and not to make excuses. Listen, you still got to come out and you got to play basketball. You got good players out there. I mean, I think you've got an excellent co coach in John Brandon. And I do want to say this. If no one takes anything away from this particular podcast, take this away. 
Um, what we're seeing this season with this Bearcat basketball team, this is, I don't think, totally what we are going to see moving forward with a Coach Brandon coach team. Like, he's not coaching this team. He's having to manage this team. And there's two different – those are two different things. This team hasn't taken on his true, true identity. He's managing this team versus coaching. Those are two totally different things. Um, and that's tough. That's frustrating um, as a coach. Now, listen, it's, it's, and, I, and I'm not – it's all not to blame on the players. It's not. It's just a function of this is the first year, um, a big change, um, a lot of moving parts. So let, let's let's unpack this USF game. So like I said, I'm 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 already nervous about the game because you go from Houston to USF, the emotional piece. Now Jaron's not playing. I'm like, oh Lord. And then I think first half we saw what we thought we would see with Jaron being out. Um, you know, the, the de- in my opinion, the defense was, was bad. Um, and on top of that, I mean, and too, I tweeted this out. Does every team shoot threes well against us? I mean, like, not even capable three-point shooters are making threes. I'm like, what? What in the world is going on? But it just, it just seems like every time, I'm like, there's no way these guys can continue to make these shots. Um, but I, I thought the first half, our defense – uh, was poor, um, but that's kind of been all season where we can't put together two halves of of, of a great elite defensive effort, um, and I even thought offensively, um, just out of sync. So we're down 13 at the 13 minute mark. Coach Brandon calls a timeout, and at that point, and I don't even want to sit here and um, tip my hat to this or pat myself on the back. I should say in this situation, but I tweeted out right at that point, Keith Williams needs to take over this basketball game because someone has to. And and here's why I tweeted that. So looking at the dynamic of the team, you know, you, you, you'd think a guy that would be able to take the game over at this point is going to be a guy that has his ball in, the, in, the, in his hands. And, you know, he can break somebody off the dribble, can hit shots, and somebody that's athletic enough, you know, something that Jaron does. And I'm like, Keith is capable of being the best player on the court, period. Keith Williams needs to take over this game. And Keith Williams took over the game. And think about this. Down 13, 13 minutes ago, Coach Brandon calls a timeout. Complete change in, uh, in energy, we didn't play with much energy in the in the first half at all, um, or even the minutes leading up to being down 13. Um, but 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 Keith locked in, started to take over, and I I thought another thing that was key. Coach Brandon made a couple adjustments um, that I thought were key. Um, playing Chris McNeil um, a little bit more. Um, and I thought Chris played a, a, a fantastic game. And, you know, fans are critical of Chris. Um, and I think in some ways uh, the, the criticism's unfair, and in some ways it's fair. Um, now, going into this game, I think Chris knew he was going to get more minutes because Jaron being out, just the whole situation. 
and maybe he relaxed a little bit more. But Chris McNeil's defense changed the game. His ability to cut what I call the head of the snake off in uh, USF's point guard. And, you know, they were killing us on this pick and roll. And, and Chris's defense totally picked up. And also another adjustment was Mamadou. Chris uh, Vote is not playing well. He's lost his confidence, and he's pretty banged up with his shoulder. Um, people fail to realize that. He's, he's pretty hurt. Um, but he's definitely lost his confidence offensively. So to, so to now put Mamadou in, and Mamadou changed up the ball screen coverage. So you've got Chris heating up this guard. You know, Chris is low. He's active. He's always hustling. And then Mamadou's length really changed up that ball screen coverage. And I think it frustrated USF. And they and USF just went to the – I mean, they just – they folded up. You go from down 13, the Bearcats down 13, to winning the basketball game by by 12. Um, in, incredible. Incredible turnaround. You don't see that a lot on the road with your best player on the bench, not playing the entire game. So so listen, I, I'm going to say Chris McNeil changed that game from an energy standpoint. His defense ignited the offense. So his defensive pressure, we're getting rebounds. Now Keith Williams goes to work. And, and, and Keith was fantastic. The other person... And I'm going to talk about him a little bit later when we talk about senior night versus Temple. Um, Trey Scott. Um, I mean, I could sit here and go on. And I could do a whole podcast on, on Trey Scott and such a high-character dude. But Trey Scott, <laughs> what he was doing that game, um, and I, I tweeted this out um, as well. Um, at one point, Trey's just – he's eating on the block. And, and the great thing about Trey is he can catch it on the right or left block and he can go to work. There are a lot of players they have to catch it on the right block to be effective because maybe they only turn on, off their right shoulder. Whereas Trey is so good on either block, turning left or right shoulder, um, spinning off of that, putting him in position to get an and one. He is so, because he's so athletic and slippery and he's got this bounce to him. And he's in incredible shape, high-condition, elite athlete. And so he's eating on the block. And I'm like, I'm tweeting like, all right, you, 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 load, this, you load one side with Keith Williams and Javen. And either Javen or Keith, Keith throws the entry pass to Trey. Now, at this point, Trey's eating on the block. He's scoring. So USF is going to have to double down. So they usually double, you know, teams will double on either the person throwing the entry pass or, you know, the, the next nearest person, usually the weakest link. In this case, if you load the side with Keith and Javen, it's hard to double off those guys. You double off a of Keith, Keith's hot. He's going to get the ball. He's going to go to work. You double off Javen, kick it back out. He's going to knock down a three. So they were doing that, and it was really giving USF fits and problems. And... You know, and, and listen, from a coaching standpoint, I mean, that's great what Coach Brandon did, but it's obvious. Like, I tweeted that out, and that's – I'm not saying anything that's, like, magical. That should be obvious to anybody that understands the game of basketball, and you just want to keep it simple. Your, your post guy's eating. You put him there. Your, 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 your athletic guy, your shooter, the guy who's hot, they're throwing the entry pass, period. And 
and, and, and from there, it just you could see the Bearcats' confidence going up and up and up. And I'll tell you the funny part about that too. And I'm on Twitter, and I'm 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 reading and looking through Twitter during the game, and so many people like quit. People were like, "Oh, this team's done," blah blah blah, and they gave up. Listen, when we were down 13 with 13 minutes to go, I was like, we are in big trouble. I don't think we can win this game. Energy level was low. But I didn't stop watching. I'm sitting here trying to process what do we need to do to come back and win this game. So here's how I look at it. We're down 13, and I'm like, how can we chip away at that 13-point lead? How can we make that 13-point lead that USF has a six-point lead? Six to two. Now we're in business. That's how I kind of look at it. Just, you know, those sometimes a 6-0 run, as coaches talk about, and chipping away at it. So I knew it would be a tough task. But once again, basketball, a lot of times your, your defense will – your defense – you know, you always hear the saying, defense wins championships, um, which that's kind of a little bit flawed because you've got to make shots. <laughs> but defense changes games. And – Defense changed that game. Chris McNeil, uh, Mamadou's rebounding. And it's great, too, to see Mamadou. And I, I tell people this all the time. Mamadou's going to be really good. But you have to be patient with his progress. The process of Mamadou becoming that player we all know he's capable of, it's going to take some time because of the learning curve. The guy hadn't played basketball as long as maybe a Keith Williams or a Trey Scott. He's still learning so much of the game. Uh, he's got so much potential, so much so much talent. I know people get frustrated with him, but I'm like, the dude's still learning, man. Give him time. He needs reps. And if you're ever watching games when Mamadou gets more reps and he's more relaxed and he gets times, he does well. Go back and watch the games. USF's a great case of Mamadou knowing, okay, Chris is now on the bench. I'm going to have to ride out the rest of this game. It's time I go to work. And, you know, hats off to Mamadou. He played mm, 19 minutes, seven rebounds, um, seven big rebounds. Um, I think of those seven, maybe five were defensive rebounds. Let me tell you how big those five defensive rebounds were. When you're getting – when you're trying to come back, you need stops. So your goal as a team is to hold that other team to one shot and out. Okay? So they get one attempt at the basket, and if you get the rebound, it's go. So Mamadou's, I mean, he's getting crucial rebounds, which is killing you know any run they're even trying to make. So as we're making, I, I'm not even, I didn't look at the stats from a standpoint of what our runs were. Um, during that comeback, but Chris's defense and then Mamadou's rebounding, that is killing any confidence and chance of USF making a run. Um, Keith Williams ended up with 30 points. Uh, I mean, Keith Williams is, is so capable of doing that um, night in and night out. And I know it's tough with Jaron on the team and Jaron, you know, being your primary guy, your primary ball handler. Um, it's a little tougher for Keith to, to do all those things, but that bodes well for next year when, when Keith Williams is, in a sense, the guy. Uh, he's the guy they're going to look to to make things happen, and I think we see what he's capable of doing. 
Um, Trey Scott, another unbelievable game, 21 and 11, um, Mr. Double Double. Um, he, he, he's he's going to be – I'm putting right now Trey Scott up with Eric Hicks. Eric Hicks, to me, is probably one of the Bearcats who I can honestly say came in and he got out 100% of all of his talent. Um, and I'm not saying other guys didn't do that. I think a lot of guys did. But if you saw Eric Hicks when he came in, if you saw Trey Scott when he came in and where they are now, where they, where Eric Hicks finished, it was like, man, I, I, you squeezed all the juice out of that lemon, all of it. And you got you got to love players like that. That means they put in the sweat equity. And, and that's Trey Scott. And, and I'd be shocked if on Saturday on Senior Night versus Temple, if that crowd did not go crazy for Trey Scott and what he's meant to this program and this team uh, this year. And I know Coach, Coach Brandon's affinity for, for Trey is at such a high level. Um, so just a lot of uh, – and, and listen, every game – I talk about this before. I've talked about this plenty of time on the, on the podcast. You just never know who's going to step up on this team it's always a it's it's an unusual suspect uh Chris McNeil played 21 minutes that game when was the last time Chris McNeil played 21 minutes I don't know um but in that 21 minutes if you look at his stat line he might have had six points I, I'm not even sure if he got a rebound or assist or whatever but what he did on the de- defensive end man I mean just great performance so listen that USF game, you would think it shouldn't have been close. Um, we shouldn't have been down by that much. We should have gone in there and blown them out. And I'd agree with that. However, with, with everything going on, Coach Brandon, um, Jaron Cumberland with his uh, foot issue, um, that's a good win. And that leads us to the game versus Temple. So I went down to practice uh, today and got to watch the team practice. The energy level at the start of practice was unbelievable. I mean, them dudes were fired up. Uh, they're ready to play. I think a lot of these seniors, um, you know, know the importance of this game from a couple different levels. I think they understand the importance of this game from a standpoint. It's senior night. This is their last opportunity to play in front of, you know, the home crowd, the Bearcat crowd. Uh, for Trey Scott, uh, Jaron Cumberland, uh, was it Javen and Chris McNeil? Now, obviously, Javen and Chris haven't been here uh, for very long. So, more so for Trey and, and Jaron, they understand the importance of going out with a bang on senior night. And and hopefully, hopefully, Jaron feels comfortable enough to, to play uh, on Saturday. Hopefully. Um, I just don't know the extent of, of how bad the foot is. Um, but also, the, 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 the NCAA uh, chances are on the line. I mean, I, I personally don't think the resume is strong enough right now. I just worry about it. I think they've got to beat Temple. I think they've got to win some games in the American Championship Tournament to, to make it to the NCAA to where you're like, yes, this resume is solid enough. Right now, I think they're, uh, th- there's parts of the resume that, that just hold this basketball team back. So the importance of that game on Saturday versus Temple twofold senior night got to go out in a bang in a CAA tournament I expect sold out crowd uh, I think it's wear red crowd's going to be hyped up um, I expect a lot of energy but I'm gonna tell you what 
it's going to be a tough game. Temple's definitely a, not, not a pushover team. Um, they're, they're going to be ready to play. And if our guys think that they're going to come in and the the Bearcat crowd's going to um, just will this team to, to victory, it's not going to happen. They, they've got to really come out and, 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 and play. Now, now here's, here's one thing we have to be careful of. I mean, I don't know if Jaron's going to play. Um, I'm hoping he does. Um, and if he doesn't, you know, other guys are going to have to step up again. I'm, I, I, and listen, I don't know how good Temple is. I'm not, you know, totally sure. I think they're, I think they're under 500. They might be uh, four. What are they? Are they 14? And I'm not even sure what their record is. But um, it's something I have to look up. That's going to be a tough game. Um, there's no doubt about it. So um, let me give out. Let me go ahead and do this real quick before I uh, get any further. Um, I want to jump into my Beast of the Week award. Gosh, a lot of people I could uh, give this award to. Trey Scott's won it so many times, and Jaron's won it so many times. Honestly, um, the Beast of the Week is Keith Williams. Keith Williams' performance for South Florida was so impressive. I definitely think he's the guy to uh, to get this award, and just it's great to see where he is now, and I think where he's going to be next year, just with more time to to continue to work on his game, perfect his game. His shots improve so much. Um, just imagine, and, and one thing with Keith, and I'll, I'll tell him this: you know, if he was sitting right here next to me, um, shot selection has to improve. So him processing what's a good shot and what's a great shot. Um, that's the difference between, I think, him going to that next level. He takes some good shots, but at, at times we need great shots. And he's still, he's still struggling with that process. I think that's the one thing I want to see him improve on uh, during the offseason. That's going to take some video watching and, and, and working on uh, practicing repetition of those great shots. Like, what are great shots? Um, so he's our Beast of the Week. Keith Williams, Brooklyn Keith, BK, uh, home of Biggie. Michael Jordan was born in Brooklyn. Um, speaking of Brooklyn, just real quick, totally off topic, the Knicks. The Knicks are a mess. They really told Spike Lee he couldn't go through that entrance and he had to go back out to the front and enter? Come on, man. That dude has spent $20 million in his lifetime on season tickets. I don't care if you told Spike Lee eight times he can't go through that entrance. You do not handle that situation right then and there. That is a phone call or get him in front of the head execs in a private meeting totally separately. Hey, Spike, look, man, you're our guy. You are the last Knicks fan in the world. <laughs> like the last, well, let me, the last diehard Knicks fan left. We need you going through this this other entrance, and, and here's why. I mean, but you gotta make them gotta make them feel good. You don't do that to pick. Could you imagine if the Bearcats told Oscar Robertson, who's been coming through the same entrance, "Hey, Big O, man, you can't go this way. Uh, why don't you go back out through the front and come through general admission? <laughs> Let me know how that goes." Um, as as, uh, as as Bernie Mac would say, there's going to be some furniture moving. Uh, Big O would not stand for that. 
Um, it's just it's just crazy to me. Uh, sorry, I went on a Spike Lee uh, rant real quick, but that was really bothering me the other day. Hey, I also want to real quick before we uh, jump up out of this podcast, I want to give a shout out to everyone in Anderson Township here in Cincinnati and the Anderson community. Um, uh, one of their own. Um, Anderson High School's, uh, first of all, he was an assistant uh, basketball coach. Um, I think he served in several capacities over the last seven years with Anderson High School basketball, worked with football too um, as a coach. Uh, his name is Danny Salenza, and um, he passed away today. He died. Um, I believe all signs are it was a heart attack. He died outside of the weight room at the school. Uh, one of his, and, I, and I'm not sure of all the details, but they found him there. And um, a tremendous loss uh, for the community. He was such a great guy. He was a, not only was a good coach, and that's such a small piece of the pie when you're working with young people, high school sports, youth sports, but a bigger piece of the pie. He was a great mentor. And he was a great sounding board for a lot of these players. Um, people loved him here in this area. And it's just very, very sad. Um, he has two young children. And um, I, I'll just tell you a quick story real quick. Um, uh, gosh, maybe a year ago, Danny reached out to me. <clears throat> he's a huge, by the way, he's a huge Bearcat fan. That's kind of our initial connection. Huge Bearcat fan. Um, we'll go to all the Bearcat games. He would get pictures. Like if you go on his Twitter, you'll see pictures with uh, of his kid. I think his kid's name was Jasper with uh, Trey Scott, uh, Jaron Cumberland, Mamadou. Uh, loved UC football. Just UC through and through. So um, anyway, he had reached out to me one day and he said, hey, man, my, my youngest son watched Rocky the other day, the movie Rocky. And I said, okay. He goes, he, he like, my son thinks he's a boxer now. <laughs> so I said, okay. He was like, can you do me a favor? And can you help set up? I want to do a boxing themed birthday party for my son. Can you reach out to, um, you know, Cincinnati Fitness Boxing? And my, my friends, Jeff Perry, Ben Schneider, uh, Kenny Christo, those guys own Cincinnati Fitness Boxing. And I'm very close to them. They have a boxing ring inside this this warehouse and so I called him and I called Jeff and I said hey man I got, I got a buddy he wants to use it for a birthday party I was like can you just just let him use it don't don't charge him anything he's a really really good dude so they have this boxing theme thing at, at the boxing gym that I go to and 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 Danny after that he probably thanked me for like a year straight like dude you don't know how much that meant to my kid and my kid wore his boxing outfits for like two days straight. We had to tell him, like, you got to take that off and wash it, dude. And it just it meant the world to him. And I know Danny is such a was such a family man. He loved his children. And it's just sad. When I mean, we, we talked about this with Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant passes away. And, uh, you know, you, you, you it just breaks your heart with with Gigi, his daughter being on there. But then it, it breaks your heart even more to know Vanessa and the rest of his children have to grow up. Uh, without their 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 dad their husband so now here it is again i've got to sit here and grieve over uh, a great great person and danny and think about his two children and his wife who now have to move forward without their uh, father and their husband um, just just terrible i was telling Stu uh before this podcast man I, i've always heard uh the saying life is fragile and 
I think about that more and more every day. Um, I could be driving down the street and have a wreck and it could all be over. I mean, it's just, just don't know. It's, it's that fragile. And I mean, it's, it's, it's coming threes. You look at Kobe Bryant, coach Brandon's father passes away. Now Danny dies at 37 years old, two small children, wife. Um, my dad had heart failure on Tuesday. So it's just, it just makes you think about life so much. And sorry that the two bookends of this podcast are, I'm bringing it back to sad, but um, once again, it's, I think, why we all drift to, to sport, uh, to basketball, to football. It just helps us bring joy. It helps us make sense of a lot of things that just don't make sense. So you look at Coach Brandon, him coaching that game, actually the two games, Houston and USF, it's like he needed that. It was therapeutic. He really needed that. His dad would have told him, go, go do your job. Coach that game. Coach these kids. That's your life's work. Um, and with all that being said, um, I want to thank um, everyone for listening to another episode. And you can hit me up on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham, M-E-A-C-H-A-M. You can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, and Stu, maybe TikTok one day. Do you have TikTok, Stu? No, Stu does not. How, how old are you, Stu? 25. Okay, you, you, you might be just a little, you're above, you're above. <laughs> <laughs> he's above he's above the, the TikTok age. Now 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 Stu, Luke Fickle did a TikTok. But but I don't know if he has a TikTok. But yeah, that's true. But I mean we know why Luke Fickle did a TikTok because I mean that helps recruiting. Right? It it make it makes sense. Um so why are we talking why am I talking about TikTok again? <laughs> I know. Okay, I'll have a TikTok by next episode of this uh, this podcast. But uh, once again, I want to thank everybody for listening to episode 11 of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats!